0: We're in a series called Two Worlds, or you could say Two Realms, but it's two worlds. It's the spirit world and the natural world, and so we're going to start part three today, so I'm just going to review briefly about this. One world or one realm is experienced with our natural eyes. It's experienced by what we touch, what we feel, all that stuff. And so we live in that natural realm right here. And uh, it's all comprised of our experience for the main part is really by the senses. But we know, we looked at this, you know, the last couple of weeks in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. The Bible tells us we're to walk by faith. So we need to know what faith is. So we'll hold that aside and not by sight. In other words, the way the Christian is supposed to walk is not primarily just by what you see with your physical eyes, just what you can touch with your physical hands, and all those things. In other words, it doesn't mean you don't use these physical eyes, because wouldn't that be something if I said, all right, we're all dismissed, and everybody closed their eyes, we'd be banging into the wall and all kinds of stuff. So he didn't mean don't look at things, don't see things. But there is another world, and the way you're going to see into that other world is not by physical sight, and we're to walk by faith. And so we read Hebrews 11 last week to help us know what faith is or what it looks like or appears like. So I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible, which I read the New King James, which I normally read out of, and it says this, now faith... So he's explaining what faith is or what, how you can identify if I have faith. Because, you know, there's all kinds of people out there saying, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. But how do we know if you have faith? How do I know if I have faith? If it's such an important subject, then I think God would make it clear to know if I have faith or not. And if I don't have faith... What can I do about it? You with me? Hebrews 11, 1 in the Amplified says, Now faith is... So he's about to tell you what it is. It's the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation. You know what a confirmation is? Confirmation... You get an email, you order something online, you don't see the thing physically, but you get a confirmation. A title deed is the letter that says, you know, or that paper that says, this car, this house belongs to me. It's the proof of it. And so he said, faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for. So these are things we're not even seeing yet, but we can be confident of them. He said divinely guaranteed, and it's the evidence of things not seen the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends, this is how faith is, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So if we're walking by faith and not by sight, then he's saying there are realities that can be comprehended for us as believers that are not comprehended by touch, Feelings, seeing, but he said they're realities, and he said that is faith. Faith is understanding or having true understanding of unseen realities. It's an interesting thought. So there is a world here, but then there is a world or an unseen world or unseen realm that surrounds us. That when we die, we go there, and, we, and there's more than one place. There's a place called hell. It is a reality that some people don't comprehend. But faith causes us to know its reality without even seeing it physically. But then we can have a reality. I mean, I'm talking real, like these drums are real on the platform, or my Bible is real. Those are real to my physical, but there is stuff that's more real than that because all this physical was made out of the spirit realm. God spoke and made these things come into existence. So God doesn't want us just to walk by this realm. He wants us to walk by faith, not just, you could say, by the way of this world He wants you to walk the way of the other world, which is by faith. And it is a reality, or having realities, of things that are not comprehended or not experienced by your physical senses. But they're real. I said, they're real. And they can be experienced, but they're not always experienced by your physical senses things meaning sight, hearing, touch, things like that. But how many people could get in here and just just right now we're praising the Lord and you sense something in the atmosphere. That is a reality of God manifesting himself. But there are other realities that God wants us to know about. So that being said, we're going to press on and so turn to 2 Kings And we're going to look at how we as individuals can do things to get faith or have our faith developed. And what's interesting is, remember, this faith realizes as fact things you can't even see with your physical eyes. Are there things out there that you need to know as a fact before you see it? Things like healing, things like Provision. Are they already a fact? See, if you don't walk by faith, then what you do is look at the physical and say it's not a fact. But he said you can't walk that way. You have to walk realizing that deliverance, freedom, all of it is a fact in the spirit. I just need to learn how to walk in it here because there are two worlds, right? Salvation is a spiritual reality that was purchased for every man, everywhere, all over the world. For Adolf Hitler, it doesn't matter who it was. It was paid for them, but did they partake of it and get it from that realm where it is, where God has it, and receive it in their heart and become brand new in Christ? And then when you receive that as a believer, a whole new reality comes. And you walk around starting to know stuff. And it opens up a whole nother way of life. So 2 Kings 6, and we'll begin reading in the 13th verse. But let me say this, this story that we're about to jump in the middle. There's this man of God who uh, God just keeps telling him stuff about this, this king who's trying to go to war and do this stuff. And he's knowing all these secrets, then telling the army of Israel, what to do, how to do it, and it's like, every time they go to make a move, Israel's already ready for it. And so this king is like, how in the world? Who's with us? There's somebody in this room that's a spy. And they said, oh, no, no, there's a guy that gets messages from the unseen realm, from God, and then just God tells him, and then he disperses it among these people here in the seen realm, and they're always one step ahead of us. So he's like, okay, we got to stop this. You wonder why tests and trials come against believers? He wants to stop this. He wants you to be stopped from getting stuff, walking with God, and sharing it in this world. I mean sharing the love of God, getting people saved, reaching people. He would like you to stop, back up, and back away. Why? Because then there's a disconnect from that world to this world Because he's made it this way, that we should be the connection to that world. What do you mean? He said, go into all the world and share the gospel with every creature. So that means I am the connection God would like to make with other people. I have the reality they don't know. You have the reality that they don't know. But what about this reality? There are more realities than we know but we can know more. You ever notice as you grow with God, you know more, not just information. That's where we failed is when we get to the place where we think it's just information. It's not just information. It comes through knowledge, but there's reality. And so here in 2 Kings 6.13, jumping into the middle, It said, so he said, go and see where he is. Go see where this man of God is, this prophet, this king's going, go get him. That I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Verse 14, therefore he sent horses, chariots, and a great army there to get one guy. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out. I don't know if he went to get the newspaper or what, but he went outside and it says, and there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots and his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? In other words, he goes out and sees it and he tells this man of God, we're surrounded, we're in trouble. There are horses, chariots, an enemy army. What are we going to do? And so his common answer here, which is just how it should be, so he answered and said, do not fear. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yeah, what's in your coffee? Let me go out again and take a look. And he's like, oh, hello. But here's the thing. If you walk only by sight that's all you're going to see. And so he's afraid and he said, "Don't be afraid. There's more with us than them." And then it says this, "And Elisha prayed and said, "Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see." Then the Lord or opened the eyes of the young man and he saw And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha saw something that the other guy didn't see. And so the other guy couldn't see it. And so what did Elisha do? He prayed that his heart, the eyes of his heart, would be able to see what was really there. But he was just missing it. So what did he need? Obviously, your natural eyes are not going to see everything. That's why he said you have to walk by faith and not by sight. So he prayed, Lord, help him to see. So you could say it like this. He was seen, but he was really blind. But what was he blind to? He was blind to the other world. But the other world existed. How many people live in fear today Because they don't really realize what's in that other world and what's there in the spirit. And so really what he prayed for is this. He prayed for divine assistance. He needed a divine intervention and without that he was stuck looking at everything he saw. But we know that prophet was anointed by God and he prayed later and those other people got struck blind. And they couldn't even see And they got the victory. Those angels, our unseen ones, went to work. God answered his prayer. And all those soldiers were struck blind. But how were they struck blind? Not spiritually, naturally. It's real interesting to me that he just said, Lord, he's not comprehending who you are, how big you are, this unseen. So I'm going to pray for him. You give him assistance. God's the one who can heal your physical eyes, but he can open up your spiritual eyes, too, to see more and more. And so we see here, he asked, and guess what God did? He helped him to start seeing. We could say it like this, he all of a sudden had faith or confidence in an unseen reality. Wasn't it real before he prayed? Yeah. Are there things that are real today? Is God watching over your life all the time? Are there angels out there? Are there other things that are out there? Yeah. I know that the world acts the way they do because they don't have the reality of the unseen. Because if you could see the unseen on a regular basis, it would change your activities. I mean, if you could see God, and you could see Jesus, and you knew He was going to come back... And you knew he was going to show up? And you knew that he... And it was a reality, not information. How would we act? What was that you said, Lord? Oh, yeah, I'll do that right now. Wouldn't we? And faith is realizing as fact unseen things. And so turn to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. Let's see another verse here about getting divine assistance. So we can see these unseen realities. Not just see, but know. Is God saying stuff? Is stuff being said? Are there things that are realities that we can know or should know? Notice this in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to read two verses. First Corinthians 14, 2, and then I'm going to skip down to the 13th verse. Because they go together. Notice this. He said, For he who speaks in a tongue, the King James said an unknown tongue, or people call it praying in tongues, does not speak to man but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue, or an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. Notice verse 3. And this is fascinating because there's always been like, why do people pray in tongues? What's the purpose of this? I don't understand. What's the deal here? Here's what's interesting. We're in this scene realm, right? The, the see, the touch, the feel, the experience realm. It says nobody understands him but God. You don't understand People don't understand, but God. He said, so when somebody prays in a tongue, they do speak to God into the spirit realm. Isn't that interesting? If you pray in tongues, we have contact to God in the spirit realm. Now, we understand that when we pray, we're expecting God in the spirit to hear our prayers, whether it's in English or whatever language you speak. But it says, when we speak this way, Nobody understands, but God. Man does not. So, here's what we need to understand. Man does not, no, but God does. These are a mystery to man, but they're not a mystery to God. These things we pray. And the only way to know them is getting divine assistance getting divine assistance. So he said, pray that you may interpret. In other words, talk to me about it. If you pray this way and you're speaking to me, pray that you might interpret. Well, here's some interesting things. If I'm praying in the Spirit this way, the Bible said my spirit prays by the help of the Holy Spirit. Will anything He guides you be anything less than the truth. No. The Bible tells us He knows the end from the beginning. And so He can inspire you to pray this way into the Spirit, pray out mysteries that are a mystery to you. They're not a mystery to God. And He personally helps you speak into the Spirit to God. Though your mind doesn't understand Your spirit is being inspired to speak words, mysteries. Some places it says divine secrets. They're only a secret to you, but they're not to God. But so think, the spirit is in you, helping you to pray there. Do you think he's saying, Lord, this would be funny. What we should do is send them over here, and it'd be totally funny because they'd fall in a ditch. They'd make a bad investment. This would be hilarious. You think he's doing that? No. He knows the plans for your life. He knows the ideas God has for you. He has these things all known. So when we pray this way, we're praying out things. In other words, there might be times we're praying for somebody and we're like, what should I pray? And we can pray this way. The Spirit will help us. Our heads won't know. But what's interesting, he said, you could pray that you would interpret. Now, I travel some and travel out of the country if I go to a country where they speak the language I speak, I have total understanding of what they're saying. And uh, how many times do people, when they hear somebody when they're a little kid, you know, hear somebody else speaking another language, and they mock and mimic it and make fun of it? You know why? It means nothing to them. It means nothing. But, you know... Most kids have done that. I mean, it doesn't matter the language. They heard it and they try to, they make fun of it because they don't understand it. But just because you don't understand a language does not mean there's not a bunch of information being transferred. Right? When I was little, go to my grandma or my, we called her granny, her house, she spoke German. When, and I didn't know nothing except for oil, whatever, you know, certain inflections, you know. But when when her family came over and they'd be in the kitchen, we'd be playing. You could hear them talking in English. You run into the kitchen and all of a sudden their language changed. We needed interpretation. Did it mean that there was a lack of right words, that it was just gibberish that they were saying? No, no. It was secrets, not divine It was a mystery, just not divine. It was natural. And so it's interesting how he words this. If you pray in an unknown tongue, if you go to a country where they speak a different language, and we're getting ready to go on a mission trip, and I've had people say, will we have interpreters? I said, pray that you might interpret. No, I didn't say that. But I will from now on. Yes, we have to have interpreters. Because otherwise, it's a mystery, and we want to get stuff done, and we won't know where to go, what to do, how much to pay for this, what we're ordering. Hopefully, they have pictures if you don't have an interpreter, and hopefully, they're good pictures, and right. You know what I mean? Because you've got this. But with no understanding of their language, you're, you're stuck. But does it mean there is not good stuff happening, and good things being said, and right things that would be helpful? How much more with God? So the interesting thing is, he didn't say everybody pray this way and ask to interpret. He said, if you pray in an unknown tongue. Now, every believer can, but he said, if you do. Why? You don't need to interpret something that you're not saying in an unknown tongue, right? Do you need to interpret what I'm saying right now? Somebody said, well, sort of. But you know what I mean, you at least know the words that I'm saying, so you don't need somebody really to interpret this. What you need is for me to say it clearer, right? I mean, I've been in other countries, and I don't know why I think this. They'll say, you speak this language, and I'll slow down, and speaking, like speaking in English slower helps somebody in a foreign language. Then they slow down. Then it just slows the whole process of no understanding down, Right? It doesn't help. But what I'm saying is, is I, I need an interpreter. I need somebody who knows that language. Well, doesn't the Holy Spirit know what he's helping you to say? So he said, if you pray this way, pray that you may interpret. Because if you're not praying this way, there's no reason to interpret. Would you agree? If we went on a mission trip to Tucson, would we need interpreters if everybody there that we're going to speak to speaks English? No. But if we were going there and there are people who didn't speak English, then we would need an interpreter. And isn't it interesting? He said, Pray for divine assistance so that you might interpret these things that the Spirit is speaking through you. Think about it. He basically said, If you want to know, you're going to need to ask. The other one if you want to see, you're going to need to ask. Here, he said, you're going to need to know. What am I saying about both of these sets of verses? You need divine assistance. You need divine assistance to see things, to know things that you're praying. But it goes further than that. It's not natural. And God, if he told you to ask, then that would mean he wants you to know. And that if you would ask, and keep asking him about it, and keep praying that way, he's going to help you to see and know some pretty cool stuff, because doesn't the Holy Spirit know all things? And so what does he know? He knows the seeing and touching realm, but he also knows that other realm. And he can help us to, as we're praying, know things. You with me? And so let's turn here to Ephesians 1, another area, and this probably is the most primary area for every believer right here, meaning those other ones are, are significant, but in one sense, we wouldn't even know the other two that we talked about without this one. And so when he prayed or asked us to pray, he was inviting God to work on our behalf to get realities concerning the unseen. Now, here's the thing. If all the lights are off in this whole building, and there's no moon and no stars, and you had never been here, and we just plopped you down right here, you're going to stumble around to find your way out in the dark. But when light comes, or you're able to see, you're able to navigate properly. And he told us, I want you to walk by faith, or navigate the unseen... And not just navigate the scene realm. You get what I'm saying? He wants you to. Why? Because here's the thing. How life exists here and after is determined on how we walk here. Meaning, if I don't hear about Jesus, I know I'm empty. I'm missing something. There's more to life. I just don't know what it is. So we go tell people so God can work on them. When they receive him, they take that from the unseen realm. They come into a new place. We talked about that. They become alive and are now in the Spirit. They're alive in the Spirit. Now they can start walking in this realm successfully. You with me? And so when we have this stuff, we need to realize our afterlife and this life are determined by how we walk with this. In other words, some people say, well, I prayed and just wanted God to do this, and He never did it, so I guess it wasn't for me. We may just not have the right information, might not be seeing things correctly. If we saw it correctly, what He has, what He bought, what He paid for, and knew how to get that here, we could change our whole lives. We could change the lives of others. We could help them. God could work through us in miraculous ways. But if all we know is this realm... We walk like the rest of the world. But you know what's wild? No matter them or us, when we all die, the other world becomes a reality to us then. I don't want to live my whole life and not have those things real to me here. When they are real. They're just not real to me. Faith is, by definition, those things being real in me. I realize them. Well, if they are real, and I realize them inside, then to walk by faith means I walk by those realities. I walk like he's going to return. I walk like he's got this for me. I talk like this is mine. I walk like this is mine. How? Because I have a reality. Where do I get that reality? Here's the primary way we get this reality, meaning I guess you could say this is the pinnacle one, the highest one. And this is written to believers, Ephesians 1, verse 15. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and of your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you... In other words, he's asking for God to give this, and really, it's divine assistance. Give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, or revealing. Wisdom is skillful. Revealing is seeing what's there... And not that what happened to that guy back there? He, it got revealed. He saw it. Here it says, the spirit of wisdom in Revelation, in the knowledge of him. So he takes this knowledge, and we get skillful in the way we live, and it's revealed inwardly. Notice, he said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Some translations read, the eyes of your heart. Not your natural eyes, though you may read these scriptures with your natural eyes, when you pray for divine assistance, you not only as a believer see them with your natural eyes, but the eyes of your heart. And here's the thing. Have you ever looked on something that was beautiful, and it captivated your natural eyes, and you went, Whoa, I could look at that again. And some people will go buy a piece of art, and put it on their wall so they can look at it again and again because it captivated their natural senses. The eyes, it does something to them in a natural way. But we're not to walk by sight, only the Scripture can captivate you. And you can see its beauty where you go, oh, that's my favorite verse right there. Or that one, well, no, that's one now. Well, no, this one now. Well, no, this one now. Well, no, this one now. Just wait till next week. If you're seeing, you'll get a new one. Because you'll see the beauty. So we need to pray. And what is it that he said he would show you? He would enlighten the eyes of your heart. Not just these natural eyes down inside. That you may know. Comprehend as reality. The expectation or the hope of his calling. He can make it real to you what he wants you to do. And what are the riches of the glory of this inheritance in the saints? So there's a reality out there of an inheritance, but that needs to become a reality in you. And he said, so you could just pray so that God would assist you in seeing. So when you read the Bible, all of a sudden your heart goes, whoa, And just as a scene is beautiful to you of waves crashing, inwardly there's a connection. See, the Bible is alive and full of unseen realities. This is how the Word needs to be alive in you. When you say, God, I need revelation. When you come to church, Lord, I need revelation. I need revealed what is there. We need to pray this way all the time, regularly. Help me. Why? Because then this book which is alive, starts becoming alive in our own hearts. And without our physical eyes seeing natural beauty, we're seeing spiritual beauty and going, "Whoa, look at this. And it goes on to talk about this inheritance and how things operate in the spirit realm and how we're above these things that we face. But look back here concerning inheritance in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, not going to, has. So that means this is already done. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How do I know what my inheritance is for now and for the time to come? I'm not going to know it by seeing because I can't see into the heavens. And it's not just gathering information. It's me praying for divine assistance. It's you praying for divine assistance. So when you hear the word of God, you go, man, that. And somebody, man, that's real. Somebody else is like, whatever. You're like, no. Why? Because the reality is coming in you. We would call that faith. In other words, you become confident of what you don't see. And it becomes like it's a fact without even seeing it yet. You with me? All you have to do is when the stuff starts coming, when you're reading and you see it, accept it, believe it. And that makes your heart go, yes. It is a fact. And so what is the the deal here then that you're talking about? What I'm talking about is he said, pray for divine assistance. What kind of divine assistance, God? I need you to reveal to me the Word of God. I need you to show me the stuff that's in the book, so when I read it, it's not just a gathering of information. Could you imagine how many people go to movies to fascinate their senses, to see stuff, to, to see a guy in a suit like Spandex run super fast because he's an action hero? And people are fascinated by that. And then they go to see all these different things. And we're fascinated. Man is fascinated by exploration and adventure. Because really, exploration in the unseen realm and in this world is from God. Adventure in the unseen is from God. And adventure in this realm, people have just made it about parachuting and doing this stuff. But the real adventures are adventuring out spiritually and taking good news, doing stuff. But the whole thing is, is we've made such a disconnect. Well, how do these things become a reality then in us where it drives us to walk this life by faith? Lord, I got to see in your word. I got to see. Show me. Help me to see. If you'll start praying like that, I guarantee you it won't be long and the book will be different to you.